I can hear you guys now. How is everyone? Good. Let's stand. Let's start to worship. Mountains are still beautiful. 
Amen. Would you guys turn and say hi to the person that's around you that's closest? Tell them you're glad to see him here. This is sweet sound to hear. Before I couldn't hear you guys very well. This is awesome. I wanted to just let everybody know before we continue with our worship. There is a prayer card on chairs around you. It looks kind of like this. Well, it does look like this. And these are for prayer requests. We take prayer serious here. As a matter of fact, we have prayer service every Wednesday night at 6.30, and you are always welcome to come. But we will take these requests, and we will pray over them as a staff, and we will bring them to the prayer meeting to pray over them as well. So we want your prayer requests. And praises, too, because we always want to tell God we're thankful. But if you would fill those out today, you can drop them in the offering, but if that's too quick and you can't get it done, that's okay. You can come give it to me after service. And if you want to remain anonymous, you don't have to put your name on it. But we like to follow up with you too, so that's good just to see how you're doing, how things are going. But that's what these are for, and we're going to have these here every week for you. But if we take it to Jesus in prayer, man, things change and things happen. He moves in us. So we are going to continue with worship. But first, I almost started. Let's invite him in. All right? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this day. Father, I thank you for bringing the sun up again over these gorgeous mountains that we get to live in. Father, I thank you for your presence here this morning when we walked in the doors early and you were already here waiting for your kids. So, Lord, we want you and your Holy Spirit to feel welcome in this place. We want you here. So Lord, help us to set our agendas aside, to set our busy weeks aside and our distractions of what we've got to do before Monday comes. Lord, this is your time. This is our time that we get to pour ourselves out to you and tell you how much we love you and to tell you all the different reasons, Lord, that, that you're good to us. This is where we can give you our request. This is where we surrender to you. So, Lord, I pray that you will take us now. Wrap your arms around us. Take everything off of our minds that we are thinking about and getting distracted from. And, Lord, check them at the door. I pray, Lord, that you would protect this time. That this would be sweet just between you and us. And, Lord, that you will keep the enemy away as he always tries to do something to get in. But, Lord, bind him up and lock him outside today. And, Lord, I pray that during this time we will honor you 
that you will be first in our hearts and our minds, Jesus, and that this will be pleasing to your ear. We love you, Lord. And Jesus' people said, Amen.
has waked before moved by the sound of his voice seas that are shaken can be calmed and broken in my regard. This mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea.
Let every light be silenced and all depression cease. Let every dark assignment bow down at Jesus' feet. Let every curse be broken. Let every storm be tamed. And all that comes against us be bound in Jesus' name. Your presence is my greatest weapon. Pushing back the darkness, breaking every chain. Your worship opens up the heavens, crushing every stronghold. Let us speak your name. Your presence is my weapon. Your presence is my weapon. Your love will not bow down. Death is in defeat. What can stop us now?
how sweet it is just to sit in his presence. Have any of you been to where you just didn't have words sometimes? Didn't know what to pray? Didn't know what to say? Didn't know if you could connect to him? He's just too big. I have certainly been there. And it's pretty awesome to watch how he connects with us when we can't. Have you experienced that? Have you just felt him come around you? I see heads. <laughs> I want to share this verse with you. It's Zephaniah 3.17. Lord, your God is in your midst. He is here. A warrior who saves, he will rejoice over you. With joy, he will be quiet in his love making no mention of your past sins. And he will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. I looked up rejoice over you just to kind of see what that means. Listen to this. It means that he will dance, skip, leap, and spin around you in joy. I'm up for that. Isn't that awesome? I loved that. We have an amazing Father, an amazing God, that even when we can't speak, he's dancing and spinning and leaping over you. I love that.
stand with me and sing that again? Lord, I'm amazed by you. Lord, I'm amazed by you. Lord, I'm amazed by you. And how you love me. Sing it together. Sing it one more time. Sing it out to him. Lord, I'm amazed by you. Lord, I'm Those words are hard to get out, Jesus, but I know you hear those whispers and those moans and groans. So thank you for hearing us, Lord. Thank you for loving us the way that you do. Lord, would you just take over now? Our hearts have been tilled, and we're ready for the planting. So Lord, don't let us leave here the same. We want to be transformed and be more and more like you each time. Don't let this be our Sunday checkoff. That we went to church, check. Lord, we came here because we get to worship you. We get to be around other believers and strengthen from it. Lord, I just pray that you will fill this place with your presence. So overwhelming that it just knocks us down. We want you here. We invite you here. We want you to move freely. We are your people. We are your kids. And we know you have a plan this morning, so you take over from here. And I pray, Jesus, you will anoint Pastor Matt, that he will deliver your word in a bold and strong way, and we will receive it and be taught by it, that we will have teachable spirits. Even if it burns a little, we need that once in a while. So we thank you, Father. We love you. We all want to tell you we love you together with one voice. As we all say amen, let's just say I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I've been threatened to have this microphone glued to my beard, so I'm going to hold it here. Welcome. We're glad to see so many here this morning, and if you're a visitor, we would love to have you come up front at the end of the service to meet Pastor, because he'd love to meet you. What a song. What a song. Amazing that he loves us unconditionally. <laughs> 
many, many times over. This morning, we have a number of announcements. First of all, uh, we have movie night coming up, believe it or not, and that's going to be Friday night, June 25th, 6.30 p.m., and the movie is called War Room, a very interesting movie. It's not about the Marines and the Army and all that. There will be some concessions. I don't know what that means, how many things there are. Also, on your chair or next to you should be some brochures, uh, VBS, the flyers on your chair, and a number of other things. I also wonder if I'm the only one that got the message to wear a Hawaiian shirt. So did anybody else get the message? Okay, I see. Oh, two, three. Whew. Thought I was the only one. I don't know about you because you're sitting back there, but I was sitting over here and watching a little boy dance to the Lord. And if you noticed, one of our guitar players doesn't have the ability to stand still. He was really going. And so my foot was tapping. I don't know about yours, but what a delight to be delighted in the Lord. At this time, I would like to ask the ushers to come forward. And then during the collection of the offering, children are welcome to come up and be dismissed. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you with our tithes and offerings. We ask your blessing upon these because it's for our church, it's for our nation, it's for missions, it is for help for many others, it is to take care of our staff, to pay the bills. Father, we thank you and ask your blessing upon our tithes and offerings. And you may pray, amen. Good morning. It's good to see you all here today. Glad you're with us. Um, for our kids, if you have not given, um, you can come up here and give, and you are dismissed to Children's Church at this time as well, and uh, have a great time back there with Miss McKenzie. Well, let's start uh, today with um, just uh, a welcome, not only to you, but also to everyone who is online. We are thankful that you are with us today. And uh, also want to remind you that for those of you who uh, are watching and following us online, if you want to fill out a prayer card, there is one on our website as well that you can fill out there, and we will be praying for you there. Uh, we, uh, we are continuing in the book of Acts. Um, if you want to start with us this morning or turn with us, open your phone or your tablet, whatever you have, to Acts chapter 4. We're going to begin in verse 1 together. Uh, but before we do that, let's just uh, begin with a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your love and for your grace. We thank you, God, for your word and the power we find in your word. And we pray, Lord, today that the authority of your word, God, 
will rest on our hearts, on our souls. May it speak to us in new and exciting ways. May God uh, this day be a day where you reveal yourself in maybe a way that we never have expected. We thank you, God, for this in Jesus' name and for all that you have done, all that you're going to do. And together we say in Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, well, we're, we're picking up kind of where we left off last week. We were in Acts chapter 3, and uh, as we uh, pick up there in this book of Acts, which is the, the sequel to um, Luke's gospel, uh, we are kind of getting the, a picture of the growth and the development of the church, of what the church looks like uh, as it is in its infancy. I mean, brand spanking new. Uh, it, it's, in a way, the church's baby book. The birth certificate, or in this case, uh, the, uh, the story of Pentecost, um, is in there. And in, instead of lists of the first steps that the baby took, or the first hiccups, or the first time the baby sits up, Acts remembers the first Christian sermon. Acts remembers the first Gentiles to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. The first commissioned missionaries. The first big church meeting at the Jerusalem Council. Instead of measuring weight and length and height, Acts records the numbers of believers and what churches were started where. And, and, and like in a baby book, uh, where you might see a, a sweet picture of a calm, angelic child on one page and then maybe the screaming, drooling mess on the next page that would be there. The, maybe you'll see there the, the baby's first trip to the ER. But in Acts we see the witness of beautiful moments of joy and hope alongside of moments of uncertainty and risk. Today we read part of Peter's defense to the rulers and, and elders and high priests of Jerusalem. And so I want you to just kind of capture what is happening right here and now in this place in Acts chapter 4. Remember, there had been a man at, the, at, the, at a gate called Beautiful that had been there for 40 years, uh, most scholars believe, around that, about that amount of time. Everybody knew because he, he was paralyzed, they had to carry him there. He would ask and be begging there all day long for the people who were going to and from the temple. And on this day in Acts chapter 3, the previous chapter, we see Peter and John coming to him and they said to him as he was asking and begging of them for their help, yeah, silver or gold, we do not have. But here's what we do have. We have the power of Jesus' name. And so they began to uh, just say, uh, in, in Jesus' name, healing over him. And the man leapt up. I mean, he, he was, it was an amazing event, and everybody knew what was going on. No one could deny the fact of what had just happened, because everybody knew this guy. Everybody knew he was lame for so many years. For some, the story stopped right there, and we talked about this last week. That's not for some, that just stops there. But, but the healing didn't stop just for the place of healing. You see, in the next half of Acts chapter three, Peter begins a sermon. Uh, begins a sermon, 
And he reveals the need of the people in that group. And people began to give Jesus praise and glory and honor. And I'm going to tell you something. Even in religious settings, people who are consumed with getting power themselves, with having the spotlight on themselves, they get uncomfortable when Jesus starts receiving the glory in situations. And here we begin in verse, chap- or verse 1 of chapter 4, the temple guard, the Sadducees, the religious leaders come running. And they are on the scene. It says in verse 1 that the priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. Isn't it interesting how it just starts right there? The priests and the captain of the temple guard. I want you to know right now, this building is not a fortress to keep outsiders out. This is a place where we invite everyone in. But what we're seeing here is something completely different at the temple. You see, when things were not the way that these leaders or these religious authorities exactly wanted them to be, they began to invite, hey, we need to get security in here, we need to change things around, stop these people, shut them down, and here we go. And that's how it sets the stage. Verse 2 reveals so much about their hearts. These religious leaders were greatly disturbed. Greatly disturbed. Uh, Because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. Now, here's the thing you got to remember Jesus they had the the religious leaders had already just you know they had nailed Jesus to the cross they sealed the tomb and then all of this is coming out about them seeing Jesus around the countryside Jesus has been resurrected they're trying to stop this but this is out of our control this isn't normal this isn't what we're used to and we can't have this continue to move forward like this shut them down they were Oh, it's the very least disturbed. So they seized Peter and John, it says in verse 3, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. And just think about this in this group of people. And how many people, and obviously it was the thousands, in the thousands, that had gone by day after day and seen, number one, the lame man, and then gone into a building to proclaim the power of God, and then left and walked past the lame man again. And maybe Jesus, maybe the power of the Holy Spirit, Peter and John were being moved to reveal that the temple was just a lame man that needed healing. The temple was, was, was not doing the job that Jesus had done himself. 
And instead of the temple pointing to the cross, the temple began to point to man-made rules and man-made wants. And, and look at me. I am dressed in this amazing uniform. I got tassels and I got an amazing hat with this little box. And I have all the things. Look at me. I do it all. I can check off every list. But when Jesus shows up, he's always forcing our gaze to the cross. When Jesus showed up, he didn't use educated men or women. When Jesus shows up, only God receives the glory. They just heard a message in verse 4, it says. The message of Jesus Christ. They saw what the power of Jesus could do before them. No one could deny it. And the number of people who believed grew to about 5,000 people. Can you imagine how upset this must have made the religious leaders feel in that temple? They've invested time. They've done so much for these people. They've, oh, they've preached and they've preached and they've, they've, they've showed off their education and all of their books and their scrolls, I should say, and all of their knowledge that they had pent up here in their mind. Years and years of experience. And then here comes these two guys that don't know anything. They preach this crazy message and people, 5,000, just turn to Jesus. Can you imagine how upset that may have made them it threatened everything it was as if it was pulling out a cornerstone of their foundation and they were seeing that their temple that they had built in a man-made way was going to collapse maybe i don't know we'll see in verse five though after that number of believers grew and grew. The next day, the rulers, the elders, the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. What are we going to do about this crazy group of uneducated, non-deserving, new kids on the block? What are we going to do about them? Hmm. Annas. You might have heard his name before. I'll make mention of that here in a bit. He's the high priest. He was there. And so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? And this wasn't a very nice question. It's framed here in a very nice way, in a very gentle way. And they may have done it with a little bit of a curled up smile as they're asking. Because in their mind, these men were not from God. Capital G. They were asking what God, small letter G, or demon, are you coming here and doing these things? You've come to our temple to destroy it. Even Jesus, your one you say you follow, said, I'm going to destroy the temple. And here you are, still preaching messages and still doing things like this. And instead of gazing upon what Jesus can do, 
They could only look at themselves. And I'm going to tell you something. People like that are people who are truly living in distress. There's always anxiety. There's always a feeling of paranoia. There's always this feeling of, man, I think people are out to get me. They don't respect me like they should. I'm not getting the limelight like I should. But for those who are following Jesus, they're quick to give the message away. They're quick to give up control. They're quick to delegate and say, hey, it's about this message. And 12 men began to turn into thousands. And a lame man began to speak the message. And, and, and people who were completely uneducated, I mean the lower class, you know, the blue collar working people began to share about Jesus. And next thing you know, this thing was growing and moving in exciting, amazing ways. The disciples, the apostles, those first 12, didn't say, oh, no, 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 now, Mr. Lame Man. <laughs> you can't share about Jesus. That's my job. I will do that. You don't know. You don't talk about that. And if you come up, you have to, before you pray, before you do anything, before you, no, they just gave it away because guess what? One thing we're seeing here with Peter and John is it's not about them. Some people carry a banner like these leaders and it's all about their agenda and not all about what Jesus is doing. And Peter, this is an amazing thing. Because they're asking, by what power did you do this? And so the writer makes sure that he tells us right here. He reveals it right off the bat in the next verse. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. There's no greater power that you can tap into than the power of the Holy Spirit. And here is Peter, and he is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And he said to them, rulers and elders of the peoples, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the one that you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Now think about this for a moment. This was the same man that when Jesus was hanging on the cross, that he fled. He ran. This is that man that didn't, when he heard the rooster crow, he was just broken inside. This is the same man that, that was telling people around the fire, you know, I don't know this Jesus that you're talking about. It says that in some translations that he even cursed people because he just wanted to deny Christ in any way possible. And this same man is now looking at the rulers. He's looking at the ones who have all the titles and all the regalia and all of the greatness and he's saying to them, what I do, I do for Jesus. And I'm telling you that power only comes through the Holy Spirit. He wasn't pushing any agenda except for Jesus. And people still were hurting them. Wanted to kill. Just, just get rid of them. That's, if you just get rid of them, everything will be back to normal. Everything will be fine. Uh. 
I don't think that there was any roosters crowing when Peter began this sermon. But I bet you that you could have heard a pin drop. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom you raised from the dead, that this man stands healed before you. They could not deny the fact that this man was healed. They could not deny the fact that this man, that something amazing was happening here, but they could not give up their own ego and also point to Jesus. So Jesus, it says in verse 11, Peter, he, he kind of confirms their fears here in verse 11. He, he confirms that, you know what, you're, I think you're right. He does want to destroy this temple. He does want to destroy this building because he wants to see this move beyond these laws. And he says right here to them, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. And I, 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 I look at that, and, and here's the thing. Is you, you gotta, this is from the, the Holy Spirit. I mean, he's, this is Peter, the one who was the denier, the one who was the runner. And, and he's saying right here to people, and he metaphorically, I'm speaking metaphorically, picks up his Bible because there wasn't a Bible like we have it today. But, but he picks up his Bible and he points to Psalms, the Psalms that were, were, have been written in 118. And he says, the stone that was rejected has become the cornerstone. And you know what? You have this building, but you cannot contain our Jesus. Jesus. Amen. He, he draws, Peter draws his, his interpreted lines very clearly. And he makes a little bit of an addition. You know, some people get mad about that too. I'm sure that the uh, religious authority, well, you didn't repeat that Psalms 118 exactly the way that it is. That invalidates everything about you. It's true, he didn't exactly the way it is. But he, the additions he made was this, by you, the builders. By you, the builders. He knew who they were speaking, who, they knew who he was speaking to. They knew the message that was coming through loud and clear. And they were so disgusted, so angry, already in their minds thinking about tomorrow's meeting, how they're going to undermine these men. I don't know where you are in your life today, and I don't need to know everything. I'm not your God, I'm not your Messiah, and I am not your Savior. But here's what I do know, that sometimes we as Christians need to step up and we need to pick up our Bibles metaphorically and point to the poison, 
that is causing the toxins to be released in our life situations. And in Jesus' name, call them out and say, you know what, Satan? No more here. It's not going to happen ever again. Not going to happen here again. Sometimes I think that we've forgotten that the power that we have has taken uneducated fools and turned them into people who had changed the world through the power of the cross. And here's the thing that was wonderful. is The focus is never on the apostles. The focus is never on the disciples. Now, the religious leaders, they always wanted the focus on them. Everybody needs to see everything that I do because everything I do is very, very important. Uh, that's, that's not what was happening here the apostles consistently pointed to Jesus and they didn't care who got the credit except that it was the cornerstone that received the ultimate glory when the rulers of Jerusalem when they face off with those disciples we see these two different approaches to the divine It's, it's amazing. But Peter continues in verse 12. You see, he's bringing a different perspective than it ever had come before to this place. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And here is the scary thing about that statement when he speaks it in this culture and into this setting. You see, because when he's speaking these words into this culture, when he's speaking these words, an uneducated man, a man who has no title, who has no major background within the church of that day, the religious institutions of that day, really he was seen as kind of a failure in regards to that. But but he's saying these words, and the thing that he's pointing to that is so scary is that it is decentralizing the power of the religious leaders. And some people are all about power. they got to have the last words. And the apostles are pointing to the cross, and they're saying, no, Jesus and the last word. And, and it was frustrating because they wanted to pin these disciples down, but they wouldn't stop because they didn't care. Even if you kill us, I don't care. I'm still going to be pointing to Jesus, they would say. But, but, but if we just get rid of them, but oh no, 5,000 more just came to know Jesus. And they're letting them talk about Jesus too. What is the deal here? Why are they letting them? You know, these, these young, uneducated, stupid people don't even know how to run an organization. They give away control of the message to anyone who wants to share. <laughs> it made no sense to them. Absolutely none. So when they saw the courage of Peter, now that should speak volumes because they were seeing courage. They were seeing the power of the Holy Spirit on display. And it says, when they saw that courage of Peter, Peter and John, and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. 
And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. That begins to overwhelm me. Because Jesus can take anyone, any situation, any person, any background, anything, and he can use that individual that you and my may say, oh, there's no hope for him. That person isn't doing anything right. Everything they do is, if they, if they, don't, if they had a brain, a half of a brain, they wouldn't be doing, there's no way. And Jesus took unschooled, ordinary, blue-collar men that were fishermen by trade their whole life and used them to change the world. Isn't he good? I mean, isn't God good? When the religious church, the temple authorities and their guards thought, what a bunch of hooey. <laughs> and God was probably up there just laughing, saying, yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still doing what I want to do while you're making plans. <laughs> and, and he changed the world. These men didn't change the world. Jesus in them changed the world. And I don't care who you are. Sitting here today, you might be thinking, you know what, my, my world, I, I was speaking with someone even in the, in the, in the foyer this morning, and, and we were talking, our world is, it, it's upside down, sometimes it feels like what right is wrong, and wrong is right, and all these, and I, I get it, I understand, but I'm going to tell you, if there was a time and place in the culture where that was true, it was a time and place that the first disciples found themselves in, and the power of God made things right then, and he can still make things right today. You ask me, well, exactly how is God going to do it? I'll give you the same answer that the disciples did. I, I don't know. But here was the thing that they noticed when they took notice that they had been with Jesus. They were reminded of these words that, you know what? When you find yourself in this position, when you find yourselves in front of these authorities, the Holy Spirit is going to give you the ability to speak in such a way that it's going to make a change. And sometimes my uh, education can get in the way. Sometimes I think, oh, you know what, I... If I just have everything just down pat right here, if I have every note and every T and every I, and if I do that, I could quench the power of the Holy Spirit. It's possible with my very limited knowledge. Or I could say, I've prepared well, but it's yours, Jesus. It's yours. And here's the thing, wherever you find yourself in your place in life, I don't care if you're young, single, or you're, you're older, and you're, you're, your next step is you know, looking at you know, the graduation to heaven, uh, it's, it's still all about Jesus. And after I'm dead and gone, Jesus will still be alive and well. <laughs> That's good news. Well, 
they're facing off at this time. And, 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 and it's as if in this verse we begin to see that the high priests, the religious rulers, their, their eyes are just starting to be cracked open just a little bit. And so as we are reading that, and they were remembering that these men had been with Jesus, it, it tells us in the next verse, but, but once they could see, once they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. In one place where I served, huge gripe when I first got there, we have half of the church, they felt, probably more like a third, but a third of the church was people that were, had either been struggling with addiction in their life or currently were in an addiction treatment center. Some of them didn't come to the church to hear the gospel. They just wanted to get out of the treatment center. <laughs> and, and they just came. But, but here's the thing, and they would call it tweaking. I used to think that tweaking was when I tried to make something better. I realized, uh, I was told, Pastor, don't say that. <laughs> That's not what that means to this group of people. Well, but the, the concern and the complaints by so many who had been there for so long was... Pastor, we're so sorry because these people, they'll get up and down and, and they'll walk around in the service and, and sometimes they make funny movements and, they, and sometimes they'll even say something or, or, or just do something. And I was like, I don't care. I don't care. Well, we're, we're really sorry. We're, we're going to do something about it. No, don't do anything about it. Well, we'll make sure that they sit near the back. We'll, we'll get make sure that they're in the back. So, you know, they're not a distraction. I, I don't care. They didn't believe me. They thought I was just being nice. I really didn't care. <laughs> Before I was moved, they were sitting right here. They were my hallelujah choir. They were the ones that would come. If I needed a, a testimony on the fly, I would just point and I would say, hey, you know what I'm talking about. Would you just come? Now keep it short, but do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, come on up. And sure enough, they would come up, and we had just amazing times. But here was the thing, is a harmony and a beauty began to, because, see, others were like, well, this is really distracting. This is really embarrassing. We've never done church like this before. They just started this before you got here. I don't care. They need Jesus. Let them walk around. If they have to go to the bathroom 15 times during the service, the rest of you who are normal in the head should be able to figure out how to not be distracted. Amen. Well, God did an amazing thing in that place. And here is what happened and what's still happening there is that people were coming to know Jesus week after week. I'm not kidding. It got to the point where if someone didn't come to the altar and know, come to know Jesus, I was disappointed. And I think most of the people in the church were disappointed. And so we, we, uh, we were ready. We were prepared for that. And and that group of you know, probably a third of the other third of the church, they began to see that Jesus is moving in our midst. Now, it took a couple years, but Jesus is moving in our midst. Things are happening here, and it's amazing to see what God is doing. And you know what? 
they couldn't deny the power of what was happening through Jesus. And so as they uh, began to see, there was just nothing that could be said. I didn't say anything, but eventually Jesus silenced them. And it wasn't in a bad, like, show you way that Jesus silenced. It was in a way of, come on, we're in this together. We're going to be okay. Let's keep our focus and our gaze on Jesus. Uh, I, I think sometimes that we can get on uh, things that really don't matter and lose our perspective. And that was what this story is about here. There was a group of people who were very well educated, had very nice dress and uniform and regalia and fringes and all had meaning to them, you know, that, that were on their, their body. They, they had amazing standing in their community. But Jesus decided to do something different. And there was nothing they could say. Now, just because there was nothing they could say about what Jesus was doing didn't mean there was nothing they could say about the disciples. So in verse 15, it says, so they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together, what are we going to do with these men? They asked, everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to no longer to speak no longer to anyone in this name. So they called them in again. They commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judge. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. I mean, that's old. <laughs> and, and, and here, amen, that's right, Bill. Bill, you were are, you are doubly blessed this Saturday, right? And so anyway, we, I mean, this guy was over 40 years old. And what the point was there was not that he was really old. The point is, is that for 40 years, they knew about this man's story. And you could not, you could not deny that Jesus was in this. And sometimes, folks, and it's when we least expect it, it's when we don't, we've been walking back and forth, and God brings about a miracle or something new, and we can't deny what he has done. This week, I looked on the news, and I mean on the front page of the news, did you know that there was a guy this week that was swallowed by a whale? Never heard of that before, but anyway, it literally happened. Look it up. It was on Fox News where I saw it, but you can look it up anywhere. And, and the guy was, he was scuba diving, and he was swallowed by a whale, literally went into the whale, and then the whale, he wasn't in there real long, not three days, uh, but the whale spit him out. 
And he, there's a picture of him in the, you know, on, the, on the bed in the hospital room. I mean, just smiling ear to ear. What else can you do, right? You know, and the, <laughs> I'm glad I'm no longer in there. But he's telling this story. And, you know, people for years say, oh, well, well, that is such a stupid tale that you've been told all of your life. What a kindergartner story. And Jesus just shows up again and he says, you know what? I just want to remind you, I'm still in control. Amen. Amen. Folks, today, I just want to remind you, I'm not in control. You're not in control. But I have full faith and full confidence in my Lord and Savior, who is in control. There's a song. <clears throat> and that was written in the 70s, speaking of old. And uh, they, did, they wrote songs in the 70s. I actually happen to be a fan of quite a lot of them. But this was a song that was written by Christians. And, and, and when they came onto the scene, because I was just a young kid. Whoops, i got to remember I'm tethered here. I was, I was just, a, uh, just a young kid. But I remember when these folks came onto the scene, this couple... I remember people in our church saying, this is awful. What did they say, bring a Bob Dylan into the church or something? I mean, what are we doing here? This is awful music. They didn't, they weren't schooled like, you know, the rest, like they've been used to. They didn't have a grand choir and an orchestra. They were just up there, like a, like a, almost like a band, and they were singing songs to Jesus, and they're like, this is straight from hell. And we used to have these things called hymnals. They were books with words that didn't shine. They, you had to move them. That you didn't just swipe them. And so when you had these, they actually put songs in there from this couple. And, oh, I thought we were going to have a book burning. I mean, the, the, the hymnal used to be good. But they put a couple of songs in there by this couple. Bad news. <laughs> Isn't it funny? All these years later, uh, well, they're still singing songs. And all these years later, God is still writing new songs. And we hear the same old things. Ah, oh, God can never use that. There's this guy that my kids listen to at Lecrae, and he is a Christian rapper. Nope, that doesn't even go together. <laughs> Forty years from now, we'll be laughing again. Ah. Uh, this song that was so controversial. Do I need to do anything on this end? I'm sorry, I'm borrowing someone else's guitar. Oh, I came unplugged. Maybe that was what it was supposed to be. But we... Uh, this controversial song starts like this. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. Isn't that controversial? I mean, they should have burned the books. Master, Savior, 
Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about that name. I know I'm crazy, but I think that's a beautiful song. Jesus, 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 there's a something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about that. But there's something about that name. I want to invite you today. First of all, if you don't know this Jesus that we speak of, today is the best day ever to come and know him. Make this your spiritual birthday. Come to the altar. There will be people who will be praying for you and with you if you want them to right there with you at the altar. Just fall in love with Jesus. Give him the sin, the hurt, the pain. Fall in love with him. For the rest of us who know Jesus is our Lord and Savior, maybe there's been an ache in your heart. Maybe there's been a concern on in your life. Maybe there's something that you're trying so hard to hold control over. Today is the day to just say, just like those first disciples, I'm not in control, but Jesus is. So I acknowledge that by just taking it and turning my hand over and dropping it at the altar or wherever you find yourself. It's a great day for a rebirth too, amen? One more time through the song. I just want to open the altars for anyone who wants to pray. Or maybe you might just want to kneel or sit down right where you're at and pray. That's fine. God will meet you wherever you are. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that. 
Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about that Heavenly Father, today we just acknowledge you are God, you are in control, you are sovereign, our Lord. We bow before you and before you alone. We do not bow before institutions of men. We do not bow before titles. We do not bow before regalia. We bow before you, Lord, our God, our Savior, our King, our Lion of Judah, the one who is and is to come, the Alpha, the Omega, we bow to you, God. And today, we confess with our lips, with our walk, with our talk, that you, Lord, are still on the throne, that you are Lord of Lords, and we worship you. It is our privilege, and we thank you, God, for the grace you have shed on each one of us. We ask, Lord, that through this week, that you will help us to reflect you even better in all that we do and say. We pray these things in Jesus' name, and together God's people say, amen. May God bless you. You are dismissed in the name of Jesus this day. Step into his power. God bless you. Jesus, yeah. Jesus.